Hello and welcome to episode 84 of the Late Life Career Change podcast with me, Phil Swallow, on Wednesday the 15th of September. Hope you're doing well. It's an interesting one, this, because I had, uh, I don't know, kicking the somethings. Um, the numbers are really, 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 really down on last week's podcast. Who knows? Maybe it was a really naff title uh, and perhaps equally naff content. Who knows? You guys have to tell me. Uh, do me some feedback or something. But um, hopefully people will listen to this one, which is called Spin-Offs, because it's about spin-offs and networking and things, because lots have been happening. And I know sometimes weeks are quiet, and therefore I might fill them a bit with my dear diary, but uh, it's still my life and my career and how it's set up now. I'm not going to. I'm not going to deny it. I'm not going to change anything. I'm not going to. Well, I, may, I might have to change things if the numbers are down. But it's still essentially going to be the same podcast. So, without further ado, um, apart from the numbers and the fact that they've been trending down over the last three weeks, although I was because I was hitting a regular higher number, I won't give them away because they're probably still embarrassing in the scheme of things, but. I think they're okay. Um, but yeah, so sometimes work is quiet. You know, that's just the way it is sometimes. And that's when you do other things or you do learning and development or you sort out your file system or whatever it might be. Um, but going back to, you know, some of the creative things that I've done and other things in the last week, on the day of last week's show, I think I did mention it briefly, but this um, webinar that Joe McNally did uh, about Tokyo Olympics and shooting and it was another one of those where it wasn't just about oh this is the photograph I took and this is another one and another one and another one it was a lot of it was about the whole atmosphere when you're in the games and particularly in Covid times where you got to go for many tests and you got to only take certain buses or certain taxis from wherever you're staying to the venues jockeying for position to get the right shots and obviously depending on which press office you're shooting for might determine where you get the best spot so it was a good learning in terms of these are all the bits that go on around the edges in a shoot and so much of it is about that that it's not just turn up switch your camera on press a few frames and off you go I mean I don't suppose anyone ever said it was but um yes so uh great that was really I found that interesting and you know something else you kind of store away in that locker uh, ready for when you might need to to look at it in the future um so Thursday was I think fairly normal in the scheme of things uh Friday was a day out at the PGA Golf BMW PGA Golf in Wentworth um last year when I went there I had a BMW so you got parking on site albeit a long walk and this time it was uh, park and ride was the only option they'd sold all, all their on-site parking it was quite a premium actually um but went with matt matt was my son and um, we had a really good day even when we eventually got there i mean we set off fairly early a bit of traffic on the m25 they took us to ascot Racecourse car parking that was where the park and ride was although they never actually said that they just said follow the yellow signs and i think if we'd have known that in advance we'd have put the sat nav in and perhaps got there a bit quicker anyway you get there and then you get the bus like double decker bus to the um course then you have to go through a bag check and then you eventually are in um and we saw the kind of groups that we wanted to see it was uh it, it's a beautiful course and i always love seeing pro golfers and just how majestically they hit the golf ball not always not always in the right direction you know they're like normal but, but they're like all of us i suppose but their margin for error is obviously much smaller um that was eventually won by billy horschel who's kind of loved that tournament all his life he's from america 
came over in 2019, came over in 2021, won it on Sunday by one shot. Brilliant shot into the 18th, but anyway, that's enough about golf. Uh, went to the first game with my new season ticket at Crystal Palace on Saturday. So it was a lunchtime game, sort of the first game, set of games back after the uh, the weekend, no, the previous weekend's uh, international break. Um, Palace had some issues downloading tickets or providing tickets. My season ticket should be downloadable onto my Apple wallet on my phone and also Android, similar thing with the Android version. Uh, but it's not, it doesn't even show up. So they had to do a last minute, somehow get the Tottenham ticket to me and then I could download it onto my phone. That's to use a QR code reader, which they've got in the turnstiles. Anyway, long story short, they said get there early. People got there early. We all got in early. The game was wonderful. My seat has got a slightly restricted view by some railings, but bobbing up and down kind of dealt with that very nice people around me including my wife's ex-husband <laughs> um uh, we had a little chat and uh then we uh yeah got the three points three nil brilliant 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 so and i worked out about i mean there's always traffic anyway london south london area but i think in future i'm going to be walking a fair stretch after so good for getting the old steps in uh and then jump on some transport at the other end but anyway don't need to worry too much about that um, over the weekend, I edited and released my headcorn video. So it's only about two and a half minutes long, all done on my iPhone, edited in Final Cut Pro. Also found some uh, images from history that I could use to help tell the story. Um, and I decided on that to do no social media posts. Oh, I did Twitter. There you go, did Twitter. But other than that, I'm sort of made a decision to just trust the algorithm. Um, <clears throat> subsequently, I saw a video yesterday. Uh, a guy, it's Channel Makers or something it's called, and start to follow him or subscribe. And what he was basically saying with YouTube is, um, well, he, he did a thing about, you know, mistakes that people have made and people, the, he was reading out the res key responses. And one of them was that, you know, if you reach out to social media to try and get the the listeners or viewers, sorry, um, I was confusing podcasts and, and videos. Yeah, the, the viewers of your video from social media, it kind of skews all the analytics a bit. Um, the algorithm wants people within the YouTube world to see your video. Um, almost, almost, I'm saying not outsiders like social media. So, so you, you kind of need to be mindful of those many, many millions of sets of eyes <clears throat> that could potentially find your your content, and obviously keep them there. They go from one to the other, or discover it somewhat via via maybe a recommendation. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and so so that went down well. It was a weird comment someone put on there and then they linked to another video which didn't really have anything to do with mine. I also saw today that I had one like straight away, probably mum, and then I had a dislike. And I thought, well, there's not really much to dislike on there, really. It's promoting your village, your beautiful village. But, you know, maybe let's assume they hit the wrong button and they're meant to hit click on like. Um, but when I was looking at my numbers, they all sort of started to go up quite regularly. What I wanted to do was kind of do a, a screenshot when I got to 200 subscribers. And it went from, I think, 198 before the Palace game to about 201 or 202 after. It's a bit weird. Uh, good. Um, it's now on 207. Uh, so I'm getting a kind of few like creeping in over the days. So always seems to jump up a little bit um, of a weekend. But anyway, there was, um, I did some digging yesterday because I thought, well, well, actually, YouTube told me, they said, oh, one of your videos has been highlighted and it's been discovered in YouTube and recommended on many people's homepages. That's why the numbers are going up. And it was like, 
the views are up 152%. And I've mentioned before my Croydon video, uh, which wasn't a polished piece of work, but it seems to have got a lot of traction. I think 17,000 views, something like that now. And um, it turns out that this was being recommended by another video. Now, I possibly mentioned in the past this guy Jago Hazard, who I think he does, he's extremely successful on YouTube and his success came in lockdown really. I mean, he had a train related site, I think it was called Tales from the Tube. And so he had a community and then he started to do these videos. And I think he's up to three a week now. I don't know where he finds the time because he was working for um, NHS, which is why he was still getting out, able legally to get out and about during the lockdown on his, his way to work last year. But he produces some great content. It's simple. He does a lot of research, um, but it might be a three or four minute video about whatever. Most of the time it's got some sort of transport connection, railway connection, tube connection, hence tales from the tube. Uh, he did do a couple of other London-related ones about certain buildings, and they've had, I mean, one had over a million and a half views. <clears throat> and with his subscriber base, I think he's on 124,000, and his view count, like the video he put last week, said 44,000 views I saw today. That's all money. That's all advertising money, and well played to him. Uh, he's found his niche, and he's promoting it. As I say, a lot of time commitment to, to release three a week, but, you know, he records on his phone and does a voiceover. He's, he's got it made he keeps it simple and maybe that simplicity is what helps for people to uh, to be attracted to his videos anyway he released a video last week and it's about the lost central Croydon station so there was in Croydon where I live uh, in near where the council main offices are like the older buildings there was a central Croydon station and it, it I don't think it was around for that long I think it closed in 1890 probably wasn't open much before then it was almost like a little tributary line or something I don't know what they're, they're called, but uh, East Croydon is the kind of main station. It's a through station and Central Croydon wasn't. He did a video, four minutes long, pictures of Croydon, stories, the odd old picture. Um, and it appears that people who see his video, e.g. some of the 44,000 that have seen it since it went up last week, are being served my video on Croydon as a, a potential next video to watch or it's coming up in their timeline regardless. So in the whole kind of page of videos to look at, Phil's Croydon What Happened is one that people click on. And maybe uh, the way I did the thumbnail might be pull people in, and that could be the case, particularly if they just jump on it and then jump off it. I still get a real mixed bag of comments on there. I actually deleted one today. If people get abusive or nasty or whatever, or, you know, just just downright negative um, and it doesn't serve to help the discussion then uh, I get rid of it and I, I, but I make that clear I don't just do it kind of in a hidden way I make it clear on the video that this is moderated uh, and you know I'm only going to tolerate things that are actually quite helpful in the scheme of things so I guess um, Jago well done for your success and also thank you for the algorithm to pick up my video as a potential view from looking at one of Jago's many in his portfolio, which he grows by three a week. So long may that continue, and that probably is a link to the rise in numbers, etc., etc. Uh, so uh, when I did the stills for um, Great Expectations, I was contacted by one of the guys afterwards, uh, one of the actors, um, and Mohit, and he said, oh, could I do some videoing for uh, performances in? And the performance was last night. And we agreed a price, and, um, and I've done the footage and some stills yesterday. 
and it was a busy old day. We went up there in the afternoon and sort of came back after nine. Uh, but it was good. It was a kind of like a variety bill, I suppose, different um, monologues and performances. And uh, his has got Bollywood dancing and various other um, performance art, I guess, uh, I think is uh, the main sort of category and some general dialogue between two actors and some in rhyme and that is very clever. So I did some work on that. And in the break, uh, his co-performer, um, Iventi, uh, he spoke to me about whether I wouldn't mind be part, being part of a kind of team or a networking team for a possible short film. So we're going to, you know, exchange cards or I gave him my card um, and we'll talk about that over a coffee at some point I mean it is something that interests me um, I'm doing the one man band thing at the moment but if I was part of a bigger team and I'm given a brief and it's you know your camera number whatever and I need you to shoot and capture this um, so and so and so on so on I'm happy to do that it's all part of the learning process to be part of that it's all good to go on the CV and I still, when I actually get some downtime, mean to put a showreel together, again, to show what I do. I've now got quite a mix of content that I can put into that. So um, it's the spin-offs, hence the name of the, the um, title. So a spin-off from doing the shoot for Great Expectations was Mohit's piece of work. Mohit's piece of work is spinning off onto Ivan's piece of work, uh, Iventi. And then this morning, just before I was kind of prepping, uh, final prepping and doing some editing, by the way, um, I had a phone call, a uh, cold call and uh, mobile number, picked up the number, picked up the call. And um, the guy said, oh, do you do any editing where you might be able to rescue an image that's been overexposed? Um, now, I don't advertise that that's something I do, but it's something I'm capable of doing. So we had a brief discussion. I said, look, send me a couple of sample images. I'll show you what I can do. And then you know, if, if this is something we want to pursue, we'll, you know, I'd put a price on it. And I'd given him an in indicative price. And um, he had to put it to a client and the client didn't want to pay. So that's fine. Um, you know, that's, you know I, I, I was either going to gain some money out of this or some time back and I'm going to get some time back. But we carried on the conversation. So the spin-off for this is that they're quite new to this game. They're doing sort of these photo booth event type photography. And... Um, I, you know, something that it doesn't take work away from me. It's not what I want to do. I think there's money to be made in it, particularly when you do print on site, that kind of stuff. But it's not what I want to do. But I am happy to help out another photographer. So again, this will be a paid opportunity. Um, turns out he's very local to me, walkable. Uh, so what I said is, I mean, apparently the gear's in storage. And um, so the spin-off from this inquiry that didn't lead to business will be that I'm going to provide some sort of training to him and his partner, I believe, who who's going to do this work. So I think they've got a Canon camera, but I'm I'm not worried about that. I'm a Nikon shooter, and yeah. So in in a few weeks' time, whatever. Prior to them setting up for their uh, their next event, they're going to do a setup. I I suggested they set up at, at their house or whatever, as they would for an event. I'll come round, and then we'll go over the different aspects that they need to be thinking of and planning for to get the best possible results for their for their clients. So, and I'm happy to do this. As I say, if, if it was someone who was taking my target work away from me, it might be a different conversation. Well, I'd probably say, would you like to work together on stuff? Um, but it's different. I mean, I think they're quite new to the game, probably got some fairly standard level gear rather than my gear that's pro. And, um, but, you know, cameras are cameras, 
flashes are flashes, but it's just how you organise it all. And I think this is what they want, someone to join a few dots for them. Um, so that's potentially going to happen. And again, if it doesn't happen, I got the time available. If it does happen, I get paid. So these are all these sort of spin-offs that you need to be mindful of. And it's just weird that, it, you know, in the space of a few days from actually providing some images, it ended up with this opportunity for Mohit. Mohit's potential for a short film. One day onwards, phone rings, someone saw me on Google, didn't get the first thing, but there might be something else available. And I was, you know, I was helpful to them. I provided something for free, which was this sample edit, and I thought I did a good job with what I had available. Um, but, you know, sometimes you do these little things, hopefully come across well, and then that might, in is it engender people? encourage people there's a word in there somewhere uh to perhaps let you you know be the person that they want to consult for the next thing so all in all that was um that was quite a good few days so i've got a lot of editing to work on so i'm going to crack on with that in the uh coming days uh other than that uh unfortunately today it's dentist day so i'm gonna pack up soon and go off to my he's a very good dentist actually to be fair um, we made a, a bold move and the right move to eat at lunchtime so I wouldn't have to worry about having anything troublesome later on because he's bound to inject me. But anyway, uh, that's that's this afternoon and um, hopefully there'll be some more creative stuff to do in the coming days. I still man still planning to do a YouTube video but to be honest, the video edit is going to take priority and a fair bit of time before I can move on to that. So uh, that's that. Anyway... Uh, I hope that people do start to come back to the podcast. I'd really appreciate that. Because um, uh, I, you know, I'm trying to keep this interesting, refreshing. Um, it's still my journey. It's still my story. Um, but, you know, look after yourselves. This is the closing of episode 84 of the Late Life Career Change Podcast. And me, Phil Swallow. Catch you next week.